Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y or 6 7 3 6 9. Man, I love, I, I really like this movie. Hurricane Heights? I, well, like is strong. Uh, this is, this might have bre- broken a record for a number of times I can fall asleep in a movie. I, I have, I have the note like halfway through. There's no way Amin has full notes. <laughs> Not even got full notes. They don't even have full consciousness, man. Like, I would just wake up for little scenes and then you just go back to sleep. <laughs> you just, you viewed it in little vignettes. Yeah. I mean, it just, I don't know. It did. They had to have known they were making. It was just like made like Sharknado. I no, I mean, this was a theater release. I, know, I saw I know. it in the theater. I remember when it was a theater. I remember when it came out. And I remember the I remember like that thought. I think I remember tweeting you when I saw the first show of the trailer, like, oh my god, exactly, we have to see this, or whatever. But as I'm watching it, like from the very beginning, I'm thinking to myself, nah, they knew they made this. this is like this is all tongue in cheek. This is all tongue in cheek because you can't from the very first word that child utters with that ridiculous fake accent. <laughs> but hey, I'm like, no, 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 they're not serious. Um, I don't know, man. They they put a lot of. It feels like they put more money into this than the budget would reveal. There's a lot of CGI. That the, that font disappeared, getting fluttering away in the wind. Hurricane it's, Andrew, 1992, and then it just flutters away. Like that's not cheap, man. <laughs> just telling you right now, that's not on the budget. That's uh, I don't know, man. I think I think they I think they did the best they could. Why? I really do. I think they did the best they could. No, but why? No, the best they could do is not do it. That's the best. <laughs> you say they did the best they could. That's like if you're given an assignment with a a deadline and you just you just turn it in. Yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like they just turned it in. But why was there this assignment? <laughs> this is this is like you know how they say like people the SATs that you, like you, you bubble in your name and get at least two hundred points. It's right. Just by it's like they did it and they got they got the name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like they they failed to correctly fill out the bubbles. Well, surprisingly, there's some inaccuracies in this movie, oh. which I did not know until I checked out a couple of things. You know the problem with Hollywood is they make shit, unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were offended. I was, a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. It absolutely. I was absolutely offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three.
two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding go. a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all over. <laughs> We break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. This week on Cinephobe, the 2018 action disaster thriller Hurricane Heist, starring Maggie Grace, who you may remember has thrice been the daughter of Liam Neeson in the Taken franchise. No way! Yeah, she's on. She's on the Fear of the Walking Dead. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is my my obligatory. Gotta say. She grew up. That felt creepy. Exactly what it was meant to be. Oh, damn. Oh, boy. Didn't didn't know. I was like, I'll always remember Maggie Grace as the supremely annoying Shannon on Lost. Oh, that's right. She was on Lost. Thank God they got her the fuck up out of there. Was she a child on Lost? She was a bitchy teen. Yeah. All right. She's almost my age. Really? She was born a year after me. She's 36. And so she played like a, a teen? It was like in, she was 25 years old and taken. Yeah. But she played like a 14-year-old, right? Right. Like a 16-year-old, something like that, yeah. Wow. Every pedophile dream, I guess. I, well, yeah, that's one way of putting it. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she also was coming off a movie uh, called Aftermath starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and was about to be in a movie, something called Supercon, which is about like, I guess, comic book artists trying to steal something. Uh, I thought you were Supercon, which is about people getting money to make terrible movies. <laughs> <laughs> it, was about, it was about, the, it was about the, it was a documentary on the makers of Hurricane Heist. Yeah, exactly. uh, also stars Toby Kebbell. I like him. Who was Koba in War of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Really? He did all the well, mocap for it, yeah. Yeah. He looks like... like uh, <laughs> and then I, Australian Ryan Quanton. True Blood. Playing the exact same character as True Blood. Yeah. <laughs> and, is, True and was also in Supercon. How about who that? He, who was in True Blood? He's the brother. He's Sookie's brother. Where is he in the movie? He's, he's Breeze. No way, dude. I, the problem is a lot of these characters, when I was awake, was always were always in like moments of duress. Oh, Mobius moments very, of duress. It's a cat five hurricane. Dark and it's windy and stuff, so I can't really make people's faces out. Yeah, you were definitely half asleep when you watched this movie. It's <laughs> like seven people in the movie. Yeah, and Toby Kebbell is my in my favorite episode of Black Mirror. Which is the entire history? Uh, oh, of is you. that the one with the? Yeah, is that the one with like the eye? The grain, like, yeah, that yeah. You plug into your brain. Yeah, I like that. Um, this movie was written by Scott Windhauser, who helped write *Vengeance: A Love Story*, starring Nicolas Cage. Was also a staff assistant on *Pearl Harbor* the movie, not the disaster. So, <laughs> so this 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 dude is like a track record of being involved in <laughs> shitty projects, and then. And then, actually, hold on, Pearl Harbor is a good movie. And then it was also written by Jeff Dixon, whose other writing credit is Zombies, a video game on Xbox Xbox Fitness. What? And he's also <laughs> produced nearly a dozen workout videos, according to his IMDb page. Oh we, also get, we also get story by credits from Anthony Fingleton and Carlos <laughs> Davis, who both wrote the movie Drop Dead Fred. I never watched that before, but that was supposed to be good, right? Uh, that's a, that's aggressive. I wouldn't say it's good. It's one of those movies that, as a kid, you watch and you love, and then when you watch it as an adult, you're like, "Wow, this is real fun." Like, this is the the weird thing about like like when you listen to the, the resume of these people, like this is what tells you that like Hollywood really is about who you know, because there's no way anyone could be involved in that many failures, and then like in 2018, they're like, "You know what? I think I, I like this one." I will. I will say this: there are a lot of people involved in this movie that haven't done a whole lot since. Oh, shit. <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's either they got it right and decided to quit, or maybe they got it wrong and it didn't work out. Um, uh, this movie was also directed by Rob Cohen, who has directed Dragonheart, uh, Daylight, The Skulls, Triple X, Stealth, and the first Fast and Furious movie. So you know he understands wow. action. Wow. Well, they definitely had like moments that were very Fast and Furious esque. Yeah. And don't forget the third Mummy movie, Dragon Emperor. Well, that is definitely going to come up in this yes. movie because yes. it is. We have oh, an man. overlap that we have to address. We do. Do they exist in the same cinematic universe or something? Based on how that storm Possibly. was acting, I say yes. I think so. Uh, the synopsis it. for Hurricane Heist. Thieves attempt a massive heist against the U.S. Treasury as a Category 5 hurricane approaches one of its mint facilities. The tagline on March 9th, make it rain. Yes, I remember that. Uh, $35 million budget grossed $6.1 million in the U.S., $32.5 million worldwide. Wow. We're in the, we're in the black. We're, we're, we're complaining about No, no, it came short. You said 32. It, the budget was right? 35. It grossed right. 32. 32 over season, six domestic. Oh, worldwide doesn't count all that? No, I, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Maze, do we know this? I assumed worldwide counted the U.S., but no, I could no, be wrong no, about no. that. You, you combine them. Oh, you combine them? Yeah. All right, we're in the black. We're yeah, good, baby. baby. Like, what are complaining? What are y'all so mad about, man? <laughs> you gave me 35 I gave you $40 million. Yeah. $38 million. Good investment. Yeah. Um, before listening to the rest of this podcast, obviously very spoiler heavy. Uh, Hurricane Heist is available on Netflix, or you can rent it if you don't have Netflix. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, forty five percent from so critics. Shocked. I was so shocked it was that high on fifty five reviews. Twenty four percent, twenty four percent from the audience on only seven hundred and eighty reviews. Nobody has seen this movie. You know what the funny thing is. When I saw the, the the score, I was like, maybe it's not half bad. Maybe it's just kind of like hokey, but like on some level has some version of uh, uh, of, of kind of entertainment to it. And as I'm watching, I'm like, no, no, the critics, I don't know why the critics felt need to be to go easy on this one. Um, also, a lot of the reviews were in Spanish. I guess, Mio. <laughs> so let's get into uh do we want the good reviews or the bad reviews first uh, bueno por favor okay alan adams of the main edge think the 1998 christian slater morgan freeman movie hard rain only turned up to 11 and completely unconcerned with plausibility physics or any other laws of nature well why would you go to hard rain and not go to twister um well because hard rain there's a heist and a flood Oh, there was no, there's no, there's no heist in. Twister. No, Twister. There's no heist. Yeah, so you only get one of the elements. Um, Sean Mulvihill of FanboyNation.com. How much you'll be entertained by the hurricane heist can be surmised by your reaction to the title. That's accurate. That is an accurate. That that counts as a positive review. It did on Rotten Tomatoes. Ben Travis of Empire Magazine like the sound of a film called Hurricane Heist. Then you'll probably enjoy Hurricane Heist. Okay, so now I'm beginning to think that like Rotten Tomatoes has a very uh, source magazine uh, scandal going on, where like <laughs> these five mics are not given out like as, as judiciously as the public believes, because these don't. These sounds like they're shitting on people right. who like Hurricane Heist. Um, well, it does also come with a score. Like if they give it a three out of four, I think that helps create it but uh marianne johansson of flick philosopher a peanut butter what? in my chocolate movie okay. this diehard meets twister monster is so ludicrous it comes all the way back around to being awesome and hilarious there were times where i laughed although i don't believe that was the intention of them but i don't know awesome was never a feeling i had and also flick philosopher flick philosopher and, and philosopher spelled with an f you know, that's that you call me creepy. <laughs> All right, the bad reviews. Uh, Louisa Moore of Screen Zealots. It's even yeah. worse than the worst sci fi channel original movie. It makes Geostorm look like Citizen Kane. 
Um, I haven't seen Geostorm, but that that is a very that's that's what I would say. It Geostorm looks like a sci-fi like sci-fi channel, just fucking abomination. Yeah, Geostorm, Geostorm Geostorm's is, not not great, not a great movie. Um, Alcee Rengifo of Entertainment Voice. Uh, the hurricane itself delivers, but the story is left empty-handed. I do like the idea of of saying, "Yeah, that hurricane looked like a hurricane." I did have some scenes. Um, James Marsh of South China Morning Post. Oh, to, call, to call Hurricane Heist a disaster seems unfair to inclement weather. It just blows. <laughs> um, Bilge Ebiril of Village Voice. It's like the filmmakers went into the diehard store, stretched out their arms, rolled their eyes back, and bellowed, Give me everything! <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, Andrew Barker of Variety. If our divided country can't come together over a movie this wonderfully terrible, what hope do we really have? Uh, Mike McGragnahan of Isle Seat. The problem with the hurricane heist is, is, is not that it's stupid. The problem is that it's not stupid enough. And no, then, and then, and then Roger Moore of Movie Nation. Last one. An utter Roger excrement. Moore. Roger Moore of Movie Nation. An utter excrement storm from start to finish with zero laughs, intentional or unintentional to boot. I disagree. Yeah, I, I, I look 007. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that dude was like, I was born to review movies. My name is Roger Moore, or maybe it's actually Roger Moore. Which one do you think it is? Uh, I think it's the real Roger Moore. Yeah. Yeah. His spare time now. Uh, what were you guys' initial thoughts going into it? For me, I just said Twister meets Fast and the Furious, especially when I saw that it was Rob Cohen. Yeah. I mean, I you know I saw the the, the score and I or you talking about before I actually watched it, right? Yeah, before you watched. Yeah, I, I saw the score and I said, you know what? It might be like just like a a very basic heist movie, like. So I'm like, I wouldn't, and then like the with some CGI to it. So I'm like, right, I'm like a very poor man's Italian job. And by right. the way, Italian job. Finally saw it. I don't know why everyone was on that movie's dick when it came out, man. It's fine. Oh, like it's, not. it's but it's not. No, I'm saying it's not a great movie, but it's it's a fine movie. If I never watched it again, I'd be fine. I think it's one of the rare movies, one of the rare action movies where the audience is basically like half of what the critics think. I can't imagine there are a lot of those. A bad movie where somehow the critics liked it more than the audience did. Yeah, I like comedies. I I could see maybe, but for like an action movie, like I just that that seems rare to me. But we could jump right into it. We start off in Gulfport, Alabama, 1992. The worst Southern accents this side of Con Air. Oh my gosh! I mean, these kids. Jesus. Are, are we that hard up on finding a couple of kids with Southern accents? Well, here's the thing. I mean, in this movie, almost everyone in this movie is from either the UK or Australia. Well, Ryan Quanton had a lot of practice on True Blood. Yeah, yeah still yeah. shitty at it, by the way. He's still but shitty at it, by the way. My, my thing is this. It's like, for those, all right, these are the actors that we could afford. That's what we could get. And this is the guy, like, for whatever reason, these are the people that were attached to the project. That's an actual role with a lot of speaking, a lot of camera time. This opening scene, it's a flashback scene with two little kids. You could get, and by the way, two little kids who are horrible actors. Right, that's horrible. The, that's, like, if you wanted two horrible acting kids with Southern accents, I feel like you could get them off the street. Now, does it feel like maybe they knew the adult versions weren't good actors, so they felt yeah. the need to match that? <laughs> Perhaps. It's possible. That's a pretty good explanation. Yeah, so... Uh, these two boys and their dad are driving away from a hurricane. Dad tells them to practice their football plays. Um, a tree falls, runs which, them off the road. Which, by the way, it doesn't make any sense. When it says, come on, stop by. Practice your football plays. I'm like, they're in a car. How are they right. going to practice the plays? <laughs> so tree falls, it runs them off the road. The dad gets the kids inside. Some shitty house that I po- that I wrote that definitely won't survive the hurricane. Uh, uh, he goes to anchor the tow truck. Uh, the younger son keeps blaming the older son. Uh, the well, hurricane well, hits. Hold on. First of all, they both immediately run to the window. Are you supposed to get away from windows during a hurricane? You are, unless you're going to board them up. I do think you're supposed to get away from the windows. Um, the dad. The dad gets run over by a runaway water tower. Yeah, literally, as I was typing, he's definitely going to die. He, he died. 
this movie knows it's funny, right? I laughed at how the dad died. I really did. I like when I saw the thing rolling, I saw him there. I was like, please let it hit him. Please let it hit him. And when it like just, just rolled right over him, I fucking died laughing. Like, yeah, it's a funny death, man. It's a funny death. Like the idea, he couldn't just get crushed. It's a water tower had to fall and then just roll over him. And and by the way, like the only way it could have been funnier is if as it rolled away, he was a flattened version of himself was stuck on it, just <laughs> rotating away with it. Well, it wouldn't have been the most cartoonish thing that they could have done because the next thing you know, this house is destroyed. The kids are looking through a roofless house at the sky. A skull appears in the clouds and roars at them. Yeah, I didn't. I was on. Uh, I, I just watched Ghostbusters with my kids the other day. It's like the original one, and I was like, "It's like, is this like the scene in the beginning with the librarian?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote the note. Do we have a sentient storm situation happening here? Cue opening credits. Uh, we've got a lot of weather jargon going also, on. The, the house was lifted up. Am I the only one who saw the house actually begin to, like Wizard of Oz style, get picked yes. up? Yeah, it uh, it absolutely absolutely did. Okay. Seems um, unnecessary, but does, yeah, a lot of it seems unnecessary. Uh, we cut to present day. We're at a National Weather Center or some shit. Uh, there's a lot of weather jargon going on. Storm talk. We get to present day Will, who uh, who the kid grew storm up chaser. to. Yeah, storm chaser. Kid grew up to still have a horrendous accent. Um, I said it's borderline distracting. He's tasked with getting drones in the air to measure the storm. The hurricane's coming and. Sheriffs are preparing for looters and evacuations of the town. The, sh- the sheriff's speech was next level, like awful acting. It's real bad. 25 years ago, Hurricane Andrew laid waste to this town. And now Tammy's here to do it all over again. But this time, no one's going to die. Yes, sir. That's why I called a mandatory vac. We got this, chief. Okay, now once every last car makes it out of town, the assigned officers to make sure them roadblocks are set up. I don't want any looters slipping back into town. Not on my watch. Yes, yes sir. sir. Okay, now head out. I think that it's Rob Cohen making a cameo in his own movie as the dude who doesn't want to evacuate. Oh, my God. What, that, what was that conversation? This doesn't look like much, Sheriff. Now, <laughs> you be a good citizen now, you hear? <laughs> Fucking Foghorn Leghorn. So they're trying to get everyone out of this shithole town. There's pandemonium with people trying to flee. Uh, part of it, there's like a backup on a road. Uh, the people coming in are in three big green semi-trucks with cargo. And uh, and we get introduced to Maggie Grace, who plays Casey, and this Irish dude that plays Connor Perkins. Um, they have a little conversation. Apparently something happened in, uh, in Utah. Oh, wait, no, that's not, the, that's not yet. I skipped a note. Um, They're trying to get around the road. And so her way of doing this is not like have the three trucks back up a little bit so they can go off road. She just plows through cars. And so, okay. So at this stage, like when they're, when they're in the trucks, first of all, they don't explain us who these people are at all. Right. They're sitting there and they're talking about like, yeah, these deliveries and and like little jokes and, and everything. And so I'm like, wait, are they really like regular delivery people? Or are they like, they're, they're the fucking criminals. And so when she does that, I'm like, oh, shit, these are the bad guys. Because only a bad guy would fucking, again, people evacuating because of a hurricane about to hit. She plowed into them with an 18-wheeler. Right. You're a federal employee. What the fuck are you thinking? I mean, I, I did write the note. She's a villain. Yeah, because that's not the behavior of a regular person. Right, like right. So then they they would go to the fields and they go to like this installation, and again they don't give us a sign that says big thing like U.S. Mint or anything. It's just some military installation. I'm like, whoa, what kind of bad guy shit is going on down here? Right. Then they walk in and there's stacks of money, and I hate the smell of money. And I'm like, okay, old money's like how many g strings? And they do that little speech, and I'm still thinking like, wow, like this is a huge drug like. Like drug money laundering fucking scheme or whatever. If only turn confetti. I'm like, okay. I like go into a strip club to make it rain. Like, why is it? Like, it took me so long to realize. No, no, these are government employees. Yeah. Or, well, by the way, I just remembered where they stole all this from. Dead presidents. Oh, 100 percent. 
big time ripoff of dead presidents um we do get cut back to will who uh who's you know putting those drones out there to measure stuff and i wrote the note are drones still a big deal it feels like the craze is crested but i've also never flown a drone so I don't know if I'm missing out. And I just I'm not a part of the drone world. No, the the, the crazy is, is is they're big for filmmaking. Than, I know that. Yeah, well, not only filmmaking, but also like uh, like weddings and okay. like any type of like cool shots of whatever of aerial shots. There are drones everywhere, man. These drones are out of control. I've never flown one either, but I'm kind of thinking I'd love to fly one, but also I'm worried that I would crash it and it cost yeah. a lot of money. So I'm yeah. kind of like, eh, I'm good on that. But uh, the main thing about that scene is he actually talks to the hurricane. They're, under, they're underestimating you. Yeah. He can also <laughs> smell how bad it's going to be. Yeah, he can smell that it's not just a cat, too. That thing's going to be a cat four, cat five. Now she's still there. I got him alone. She get the readings? Yeah, they're in sync. Well, stick around. It's only going to be a cat, too. Get some new measurements. You're sitting in a tank, for Christ's sakes. No, thanks. You're underestimating our can smell it. Yeah. While you're smelling it, we're reading it from carefully calibrated scientific instruments. The cumulus is spiraling inward at a crazy rate. Millibar's 985. You ever seen a millibar dive that quick? Not consistent with our projections. Damn your projections. I'm telling you, this one's going to be off the scale, trust me. Dinner at the Crab Shack gets higher than a two. Now stop thinking about your stomach and your government expense account that's going to pay for it. You should get the National Guard down here before it's too late. I respect you, Will. You're a first-rate meteorologist. But I can't just traipse into the president's office and offer up your gut now, can I? This car is pretty dope, though. I got to admit, it's a pretty awesome looking vehicle. So this is what I wrote. He's driving the Batmobile. Batmobile. Yeah, my theory theory is they rented the Batmobile on a great rate, but the condition was they couldn't do a superhero movie with it. So they tried to figure out what a disaster could what what disaster could uh, could it withstand. And they came up with a hurricane. Yeah, I mean, look, that's my theory. You get an opportunity to use the Batmobile. You got to use the Batmobile. the other thing also is, I, I was like, this is very uh, Kevin Durant versus Matt Moore conversation here. <laughs> like, the analytics and those projections and the model are damn, your models. I can smell it. <laughs> yeah, he, do, he knows more than the ratings in the government system. He can smell it. To, that led to this exchange. So the guy says, I've never met anyone so afraid of the thing they're so fascinated by. And he, and he says, I got a few contradictions, but so do you, like eating candy bars on a straight diet. <laughs> and the guy throws the candy bar. Guy away. throws the candy. He's like, "You're right," and throws a candy bar away. What are you? What are you fucking this guy? <laughs> you gotta feel so self conscious about being called out about what you're eating. Fuck you! I eat what the fuck I want. Um, so they're unloading. <laughs> they're unloading old money to be destroyed at the Department of Treasury. The old money's getting shredded. I then asked, "Is this how things work?" I had no idea this is how things work. So I looked it up from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Um, shredded currency is available through the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. You can buy small amounts as prepackaged novelty souvenirs. They're available for sale in Washington, D.C. and Fort Worth visitor centers. They sell shredded money? They sell shredded money. Larger amounts of shredded currency for use in artistic or commercial purposes will need to be obtained from a Federal Reserve Bank. And written re- or written approval from the chief office of compliance is required before a federal reserve bank will consider honoring currency residue requests treasury approval will be based on the following requirements and it's a bunch of requirements but yeah so i looked i learned something i'm i'm stupefied at that that's one of the most american things i can think of. yeah here's we're gonna shred money and sell it to you um <laughs> casey is facetiming with a soldier they're sure we find out they're shredding 600 million dollars and he says they have a little bit of like a back and forth. And he says, I went to bat for you after Utah. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have a job. She says she made a bad call and nobody can punish her like she does. Uh, and they put a new code through an iPad to the bank vault. Yeah, like the fact that it was an iPad also threw me off. Yeah, like I've got an iPad. I think I have that version of the iPad. Yeah. I can, I, can, I can fit maybe three movies on there. I guess I'm not, I'm not talking about like the iPad as a device itself, but the fact that it was like the Apple OS, like I could see like the, the, the mail uh, icon. Right. Like, like, wait a second. The um, U.S. Treasury uses like a goddamn regular iPad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Will calls his brother Breeze and goes to goes and tries to convince him to leave uh, before the storm hits. We're introduced to some evil hackers. The power is being hacked. The phones are down. There's no cell service. Casey has to go 
find the repair shop that Breeze works at to have him work on the generator. And so what she hides the do? iPad in shredded money. He's a repairman, I guess. This is just something that had to happen for the plot. But why the fuck is a local tow truck driver in charge of a backup generator at a government facility? Well, it's Gulfport, Alabama. So working on cars is the same as working on like a huge generator? Yeah, I think so. They're all engines. Just lube it up. Yeah, just lube it up. Uh, Will arrives in the Batmobile. He Breeze is asleep in the shop. Breeze has a drinking problem. Does he put instant coffee into bourbon? Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, he also has women's underwear from someone named Jaguar. When he said ja- when he, uh, what I was hoping for, I mean, is when he said, what was her name? He said Jaguar. I was hoping he would say Jaguar. Oh, I was man. hoping he'd correct it. I, I I thought about uh, Rick and Morty. You can stay dead to the world and die in this room, or you can kill a pickle for me and earn your freedom. There is no freedom while your leader breathes. Our country is a prison. Then Katerina is a prisoner. Perhaps I could arrange her escape as well. She lives, Jaguar. Where is this pickle? Oh, Jaguar. <laughs> what if he had saved this whole thing and then just gave the little head nod and, and like flew away on the gliders? Uh, these two really don't want to talk about their dad getting killed, but they call out a football play. I wrote, ah, memories. Uh, a suspicious white van breaks in they tranquilize all the soldiers i asked the question maze do trank darts work that quickly because it's instant i was trying to figure out what the fuck kind of technology they have here it seemed like a taser bullet like i thought maybe it was an electric shock yeah that's what it seemed like maybe which they had ridiculously effective no idea oh, where they man. got it <laughs> silent just keeps yeah. people immediately out it's pretty perfect if you're pulling off a heist like this absolutely um we find out perkins the irish guy uh is in on it he tranks them from the inside he kisses the uh the woman jackie which is spelled j-a-q-i uh from the van um the evil hackers get everybody into the office where the male evil hacker says open sesame is something he i've loved since babar i don't know oh why we had the god. babar shout out you oh missed my that god. too i missed that but like, oh man you know you know what they just did what or i don't know if it was on purpose or not again but they just fucked up even alibaba oh said. maybe it's possible i put the note this acting isn't great the dialogue isn't great Amin's not going to stay awake through this whole thing. Oh, sure enough, I was not awake for that part. We find out the hackers screwed up uh, the shredder weeks ago, which is out of commission. I've also said this is the worst actress I've ever seen. I think she's wearing a retainer, and she's also wearing a cocktail dress to hack. Hey, you know what, man? Um, <laughs> I found I, so I started looking into her stuff a little bit, and there's a she's on the cover of Bella magazine at one point. And it says, Melissa Bologna, that's her name, Hollywood's new breed of actress. Terrible. <laughs> the new breed. Being good at it. I mean, she's like, she is legitimately the worst actress I've ever seen. She, I mean, she can't deliver anything. She's, she's really bad. Um, I wrote, Casey has found the accent boys. Breeze is going to help with the generator. Will says, he'll, or he says to Will, he's going to see him in another five years. Um, I wrote the note, Will is from England, Breeze is from Australia. Uh, hackers can't get into the vault. They figure out that Casey changed the code. Um, I wrote this woman really can't deliver a single line without sounding like, sounding like she's going to uh, drool mid-sentence. Um, it's very distracting. Uh, we find out Casey gets ambushed. Now, this is this is a great moment. So they drive back to the facility. It's a setup. uh, breeze takes the car he like kind of drifts around um gets her safe gets her in the car and so the door of the car is open right as she gets in and instead of reaching out to pull it which could have exposed her she just kicks the door open more and it pops back and closes that's a great move we should see that more in movies did you guys not you weren't impressed by this 
must have slipped by me. So she she gets in and she kicks it out and it swings back shut. Yeah, she kicks the door open even more and then it yeah, it swings back shut. I just think it was a great move. I mean, you were asleep? All right. Uh, Breeze gets caught after he crashes the the car trying to escape. Casey runs to a church. Will arrives in the Batmobile. He drives her away. They want to go save Breeze. Are you awake at this point? Yes, I am. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, I wrote the note. These accents are what the rest of the world thinks we sound like. Somehow we've offended ourselves with this movie. These Americans. (laughs) These Americans. Um, the bad guys leave Breeze by himself at the generator near the kidnapped soldiers. And I wrote, seems like a plot hole to me. Why would you just leave him by himself? Uh, and also there's a note here that I got from IMDb. When Breeze is brought in to fix the backup generator, the machine, the machine is spelled generator. They misspelled generator on the machine. Again, like, is it, um, they mean to do that. Is this all one like elaborate performance art comedy? Yeah, and we we're just like taking this shit way too seriously, or are they just really shitty at making movies? So then, this is where I got a little mad at the movie. Um, the sheriff is speaking now, and he's in. So I looked up because his accent's really bad. He's from the UK as well, and I wrote the note they couldn't get any fucking southern actors for this movie. Then we find out the sheriff's in on it. He pulls a shotgun on oh, him. Yeah, yeah, I remember this scene. Uh, they like, they, there's like the whole exchange of like. Where he says, "Hey, Will, I thought I told you guys to, to you know, evacuate." It's like, "Yeah, I, I guess you didn't listen to your own advice, Sheriff." I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> so they escape. We're in a car chase. She's shooting bullets. I love this exchange. I really do. Here's what I always like to believe that somewhere, somehow, someone thought of that scene first. Like, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if someone's driving and someone's just shooting? But we never see them run out of bullets. And then, like, in this one, you know, we always see it all the time and never run out of bullets. But now, this one runs out with them out. Out of what? Out of bullets. Well, how'd that happen? I shot them all. Ha ha ha. Funny, right? If you had a whole movie based on that scene right there, <laughs> just fucking like, like, just throw everything together. It doesn't matter. I just need to have that be in, in movie history because that's the type of scene in a good movie we we think was. Oh yeah, you funny. can you can you can imagine The Rock and and Jason Statham having that exchange, and everyone loves it, right? Well, no, it's The Rock and Kevin Hart, and Kevin Hart's driving, and he's oh right, yeah, because he's he's a fish out of water on this right. one. <laughs> What are we out of? Bullets. How'd that happen? I shot them all. <laughs> so he gets the car. He gets the car chasing him to ram the Batmobile. It goes flying away. Wait, Bre- wait, wait. Yes. Like, this is this was legitimately, I was like, can are there cars that can do this? So, yeah, it, plant, the- it plants in, right? It plants into the ground all, so it won't blow away. That's my harness. As, as by the way, he drives like you ever had like a little kid sit in the driver's seat, yeah, oh, yeah. to drive. Now yeah. they just like do the wheel back and forth, <laughs> like he drives like that, and then he says, eh, you put him on my harness," which I thought was just like a, a slick way to get him to touch his dick. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good. Oh, one. you thought right. he was? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, why not? And then he's like, "Now put on your harness. Do you trust me? What?" Do you trust? I'm like, why does it matter? You about to do this shit. Just tell her, hey, man, brace for impact. Then let's go. But no, he hits a button. He stops the car. He hits a button. And the button has these hooks under the car. Yeah, these like Dang these it. little stands that plant into the ground, right? Yeah. Which is, like, you know, there can't be real technology. I mean, it's a fucking, <laughs> it's, it's, well, of course it's not. It's the Batmobile. <laughs> so he does that and just stops in the middle of the street. The car that was chasing, which is, by the way, like a Dodge Stratus, right? Right. <laughs> I drive a Dodge Stratus! The car of the 90s right there. Like, rams right into them. because Goes they're, flying off. Goes flying, and because they're anchored, nothing happens. She pops her door open, goes, and steals the guns from the other steals car? Steals the guns, steals the walkie-talkie so they can listen in. 
Um, we find out the sheriff's broken his arm. Uh, Breeze is trying. We back to the generator room. Uh, Breeze is trying to pick the lock while pretending to drink on the job to disarm uh, Perkins. Uh, Casey and Will realize there's a dedicated line for the hackers to link. Um, so they want to know why. You know, they figure out they gotta they gotta pull this thing down. She also wants know, to- by the way, you want to know how like not paying attention slash asleep I was in this movie? I didn't realize there there were hackers. Like, I kept trying to, like, they kept... You didn't know the two oddly placed people were hackers? The British guy and the... He, he, I just thought they were weird. And the girl? Okay. Interesting. I just, uh, I, yeah, I, they're I, hackers, I never, man. I never knew that there was a hacker involved. Like, Yeah, like, they've been hacking this whole time for weeks. Uh, um, she wants to know why Will isn't a meteorologist Meteorologist in a TV studio. Uh, he starts <laughs> talking about climate change. <laughs> I wrote this is a climate change, mo- change movie. Um, Will thinks there's a way to figure out how to stop hurricanes from ever happening. Yeah, I love that. And he's got a PhD in synoptic meteorology. They both seen death in front of their eyes with people they love. We find out the Utah thing was that she got someone killed with a bad decision, but they never get into it. They're just a bunch of Debbie Downers, but they bond over it. This is where I wrote, which brother is Corbin going to hook up with? The sensitive meteorologist or the, the horn dog tow truck repairman and i i was wondering that the, the whole rest of the movie yeah that's a good question uh and i wrote the quote i wrote the note man we're not even halfway through this movie so it did feel a little long at times uh they're gonna bring down to the tower will's accent is upsetting it's currently a category four hurricane um he almost gets blown off the tower by the wind the bad guys notice her screwing up the lights when they drive by so they come they're having a little gunfight um casey kills jackie the woman that kissed uh, Perkins. Jackie then drives into a gas station. We have an unnecessary explosion. Yeah, massive explosion. <laughs> massive explosion. By the way, apparently this, this was one of the goofs on the movie. When a large explosion occurs downtown during the height of the hurricane, the resulting smoke doesn't move in any direction but lazily upward, despite the very high winds that just seconds before caused a man to be blown sideways while holding onto a cell tower. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Not bad. Yeah. Second plot hole right there. Then I wrote the note, how do bullets fly in a hurricane? Because they've got to be affected by it. Oh, wow. That's a good point. There's something that's coming up that, that talks about the, the wind. So so I started looking it up, and it's a lot of science. But I, I, recommend, I recommend looking it up. <laughs> I thought you were going to recommend shooting guns in a hurricane. <laughs> it was the whole thing. Like back in 2017, there was that whole, like, please don't. Like they were saying, don't shoot guns at a hurricane in Florida. Mm-hmm. Remember there was that note? Yeah. But yeah, it, like it does sound like it will definitely affect it. And actually, did you know if you shoot a bullet straight up in the air, when it comes down, it's going to travel about 150 miles per hour. Is that faster or slower? I, well, that, that's what I was trying to figure out. But it says it's it's fast enough to hurt or kill someone. Yeah, it's not as fast as coming out of a gun. But it's, yeah, whenever people randomly shoot into the sky, it's never a good thing. Look, I've never, yeah, I've never... I've always wondered about that. Yeah. What happens to those bullets? But yeah, there's a fascinating article on inverse.com that I, I highly recommend. Um, before the sexy hackers can get the new vault code, they pull down the tower, uh, disrupting them from getting that. Um, and then I wrote, the greatest realization in movie history happens. And I can't stress enough how much I love this. <laughs> a car almost takes Will out as it comes tumbling by the hurricane that he's just walking through. Uh, but it, it lifts that car off the ground. The hubcaps come off the car and go flying through the air like frisbees. He then realizes, oh, shit, I can use these as weapons. He tells Casey to untether them from the tower. Conveniently, there is a hanging testicle-esque netted bag <laughs> of hubcaps near the bad guys. He goes over, cuts it open, and starts playing what I deem the ultimate, ultimate frisbee game. <laughs> he impales one dude with a hubcap that he throws into the hurricane that's like this is genius you guys uh, I mean, that I is all worth it see you said you thought that about the about like the bullets line but make the movie around that i think yeah. this is what the movie was made around <laughs> what if hubcaps could be death you know ninja stars yeah but i like the idea of also it's controlled Right, right. That it would, the hurricane wouldn't like impale him, of course. Right, of course not. 
Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like if you crank up a treadmill to like max speed and then like oh, step on it. <laughs> and then just woo! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The bad guys retreat. They drive out. Breeze fixes the backup generator as the power goes out. He tries to cut the soldiers from their cage, but the sexy hackers notice and they turn the voltage back on for the electrified fence. Um, Schist explained to Will that the she can't give the, the code to the vault because it, they have to make sure the hostages stay alive. That's why they're peeing in an underground tunnel, right? It's got to be. They just get out of the storm somehow in some huge underground tunnel, and they both get out to pee. Yeah. While they have this conversation. Right. Uh, totally normal. The sheriffs turn on the bad guys to steal the money for themselves. Perkins pops the main sheriff and promises the other sheriffs $20 million apiece if they stick with them. They've got themselves a deal. Okay, so my question for here is where did his five dudes come from all of a sudden? And then if this is always his plan, he is making his move way too fast. Like way the money, fast, is, they don't have the money yet. Right. There's nothing happening. He's like, uh, all right. He panicked, Mace. He was like, I got to get this in, right? I got to figure this out. <laughs> um, also, I looked up the female cop's name the female sheriff's name in the movie deputy diamond nice that's a it's a weird it sounds like a stripper name but um now they're negotiating to to have the right to remain (laughs) erect (laughs) (laughs) now they're negotiating to swap casey for breeze um they have this exchange where are you we're at the mall which mall there's only one mall in gulfport got him i mean Got his ass. Um, <laughs> they set the sheriffs up. The brother, the brothers are speaking in football plays again. Um, talk about flea flickers. The whole thing is they tether themselves in the mall, and when the pressure drops, they Casey shoots out the glass ceiling. I asked if that's a metaphor. With a flare, uh, everything gets sucked up into the sky from the pressure. They go up there and they become human kites. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm back to the enough here. Yeah, and then they pull themselves back down to the roof. It wasn't totally clear, right? Or maybe the pressure it pressurized Drops or something. Or it dropped, so they go down. Right. It's hard to tell. Um, there's also like just an insane amount of debris flying at them. They they avoid. They rappel down. Breeze manages to escape. Um, we get back to the repair shop. They get a gun. They're eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Skippy and Smuckers. Yeah, and so she asked, like, this is just an ins- it's just such an inane bit of banter between the two. She asks, is this Jif? And he says, no, I'm a Skippy guy. It's Skippy. She goes, Smucker Strawberry, though. And he says, Correctamundo. Why is that in there? Did they get a check? I hope they got a check. But probably not. It's, again, one of those things that in a good movie, we would have said, oh, that's a nice little. It's kind of, it, this is their. Uh, Big Mac's a Big Mac, but over there they call them uh, Le Big Mac, or what do they call? Oh, uh, Royale with cheese, right? Yeah, Royale, quarter pound cheese, Royale with cheese. What do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King. That's what that. That was their version of that. <laughs> um. So now she says she wants to take the fight to the bad guys with a homemade car bomb. Then kind of poetically talks about Timothy yeah. McVeigh, yeah, and that he did it to a federal building. Kind of kind of impressed by Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> Almost glowingly, right. Here's a little bit of history you'll love. Says she wants to use the Batmobile, a.k.a. the Dominator. That's what it's called, by the way, the Dominator. Uh, wants to use that um, as they're going to get supplies for the car bomb. A big wave crashes onto the land. It, like, capsizes this freighter ship. Uh, it's starting to flood the town. There's a note from imdb the storm surge which floods new hope capsizes a large cargo ship the size of the storm surge was taller than the ship itself no hurricane has the power to create a storm surge that high and that powerful there's another plot hole then he just like washes up on the dominator and starts laughing maniacally i didn't really understand yeah so they were so the bad guys caught them at the nursery because they noticed the dominator and but then before anything can happen the water comes crashing through it kicks them out the back of the nursery um I wrote the note, everyone should drown here. Maybe another plot hole. Uh, Will escapes. He gets washed up on the Dominator. Um, Perkins gets ca- or Perkins captures Casey as she's floating away. Right. Breeze comes in a boat and rescues Will. Somehow. Somehow. 
And now they're back to the, the Department of Treasury. Uh, Perkins threatens to shred Moreno. Yeah. Um, now the power's back on. The uh, the sexy hackers look stressed at that thought. Casey yeah. gives Perkins the iPad. He still kills Moreno. No, once where, 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 you gotta you gotta say where the iPad was though. Oh, it was in the shredded money. And but then she 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 says it was here the whole time. No, she says it was here all the time. Doesn't she mean the whole time? Right. It was yeah. Here all the time. <laughs> what does that mean? It doesn't sound right. <laughs> So he kills. He still kills Moreno in the vault. Will and Breeze reconcile their differences as they drive in the eye of the storm to save Casey. And now we're getting away. The eye of the storm gives them their their escape. The convoy with the money is getting away. The sexy hackers are in the last truck, and they're trying to fuck while they drive this semi truck. Minutes after expressing that they're way too close to the storm, they just get. They just get. They just want to fuck. I mean, like they just. They can't wait to get out of there. All that sexy hacking works up an appetite. It does, man. It really does. So they drive up to the back of the fir- of the third truck in the tow truck. Will jumps on. Breeze hilariously jumps on. Like that's some oh of the worst stunt work I've ever seen. God. It is. I mean, it is real bad stunt work. I rewound that a few times just oh, to watch same. how glitchy that that leap was. It's so bad. <laughs> um, they both miraculously climbed to the top. Who chose this movie? I did. <laughs> What? No, keep going. Oh man, um, they the sexy hacker, the sexy female hacker is riding the sexy male hacker in the truck when Will and Breeze break into it. They capture the sexy hackers. Uh, the angry bad guy starts fighting Casey. Um, the driver gets shot. The truck is a runaway. Will takes over driving, and they just avoid crashing into silos. Where I wrote the note: Fast and the Furious, Truckio drift. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's wittier uh, writing than anything in this movie, other than the uh, bullet scene. I really Will, was, I so, was, as Will is correcting the path of this truck, he's about to hit a bump, and he basically says, "Like, get ready, Casey." When they hit the bump, the bad guy goes flying in the air. She grabs the gun almost in an Arya Stark fashion, shoots him, and kicks him out of the door all in one motion. I don't I understand. You fell asleep at this part. I think. I mean, I just don't think I was awake for it. I won't say I fell asleep. But okay. I just don't think I was, I was awake they, for it. They now have two, the two back trucks. They're now in a gunfight with Perkins. They shoot Perkins. They have him boxed in. Suddenly, the freeway is like nine lanes wide, by the way. It's, it's really wide. They're going back and forth. And then they call a football play out to each other. They call it. They call the football play that they practiced back when their dad died. Red Dog Omaha twenty two. Red Dog yeah. Omaha twenty two. Token so, so ladder play. And I wrote, "Is this a football play?" Because they're just <laughs> ramming the truck for, on the sides. <laughs> then they get ahead of them. Uh, Perkins is falling behind. They're swerving in front of him, so he can't get ahead. Here comes the storm. This is the greatest death in movie history coming up. Um, the storm. Pops open the cargo doors. The yeah. money goes flying out. Yeah. And he, he looks back out the window, like yells at the storm. The then, money! yeah. Then it pops the cargo off the semi into the storm. It into then the spits, yeah, into the sky. It then spits it back out and it lands perfectly on the semi truck and it explodes. Like right where he is. I wrote guess, this is the, again, the greatest, the greatest fucking hurricane movie ever. If you if you if you haven't seen this movie, let me reiterate. He's driving an eighteen wheeler, like a big Mack truck, eighteen wheeler. The trailer, you know, the cargo part of the truck, is lifted very dexterously, I might add, by the hurricane up into the sky. Wizard of Oz style. It's gone. Where'd it go? And as he's leaning out the window looking back at like where's my money or whatever, this same trailer then gets dropped. It not only does it fall perfectly down but it's straight up and down perpendicular up and down yeah squashes him would have been the most hilarious death ever if it weren't for the dad dying in the opening (laughs) (laughs) um breeze's truck starts falling apart the engine starts falling apart will drops back to save him breeze breeze jumps to safety and and sacrifices the sexy hackers another amazing jump yeah, another amazing job. Casey, uh, a woman, catches him with one hand by the neck of his jacket. What's this? Oh, that's supposed to be a maze. Oh, 
Oh, little little misogyny, huh? Oh, man. Ah. It sounds like Mays doesn't believe a woman can catch a man. Exactly. <laughs> During a hurricane at full speed on a freeway <laughs> from an eighteen wheeler. <laughs> wow. I guess we're I guess we're far from equality, I mean. <laughs> um and then the storm skull is back. It roars in the rearview mirror. Never really explains that. Uh, I, I'm, I have so many questions. I wrote, is that an homage to the mummy or to Jurassic Park? It has to be the mummy. But also Jurassic Park. What's what one of Jurassic Park has a storm that screams? No, it's the T-Rex in the rearview mirror. Oh. <laughs> is it the same storm, Zach? Is it the god of storms that Willie can smell? So that's a good question. Like, is it storm that's haunted this family their entire life? Is it the librarian from from Ghostbusters? <laughs> <laughs> like, was the storm satisfied and spared them because it took their dad, and that's why it doesn't kill them? Has the storm been trying to kill these kids forever? <laughs> it's a final destination. I don't know. I would like a spinoff of the storm. A prequel, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Hurricane <laughs> Heist, the prequel. It's just a storm in lots of therapy for, for killing some kid's dad and making them orphans. Yeah, like I want to see it growing up and getting bullied in a, in a school storm, right? Like I want to see the backstory of the storm because why is it there? Why is the skull there? And then it just goes away. He must have already had the technology from the mummy. He must have already had the animation. He's like, let's just reuse it. Now, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a synoptic meteorologist, right? I'm not. I don't have a PhD like Will, but I feel like Category Five hurricanes don't just disappear because it vanishes. He just accelerates a little bit, and then they're all good. They're all good. The the skull roars, and then it just goes away. Or question. Was the skull storm, the storm skull, protecting these kids all their life? Maybe the dad was abusive and it killed them. It killed the dad, right? Or it was leading them to like a disappointment. He was trying to keep them from CTE, from playing too much football, right? Um, Maybe it was trying to save them from the bad guys this whole time. It's a benevolent hurricane. Because it does just, it just like, you know, ejaculates that that cargo right on top of the the bad guy. That's a good thing. Maybe that came out of Storm's dick. <laughs> it was pretty low, wasn't it? It was pretty low. It's literally a money shot. <laughs> Storm over, movie over. Um. And we, she, we don't know if she hooks up with one of them. Maybe she, she hooks up with both. both of them. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we get an E2 Mama Tambien situation down mm-hmm. in Mexico. Yeah. Bro, I, I thought I thought you meant like the. <laughs> I was gonna go with Zoolander. so a little uh a little knowledge about this in the early 1990s sylvester stallone was attached to us to star in a similar project called gale force about an ex-navy seal who defends a seacoast town from a gang of modern pirates during a hurricane uh david chappie had had written the script and rennie harlan was going to direct it had a 40 million dollar budget more than this one back in in the 90s uh, but creative disagreements yeah. over the script Tw- and concerns about the f- cost forced uh, the, them to scrap the film. And instead, they made Cliffhanger. Yo. <laughs> I think it would have been better than Cliffhanger, and I like Cliffhanger. See, here's my thing. $40 million, but half of that was to Salon. Had to have been, yeah. Right, like that, that's why it cost more. Yeah, what did, the act- what did the actors command here? Maybe $7 million total? No. like oh, yeah, I got to like think all, five all to Maggie actors- Grace. No oh way. my god, she, no. No way she got five million to make this movie. What? Absolutely not. She's in she's in uh Fear of the Walking Dead. She was in the Taken movie. She can get five for this shit. Hell no, no. not five. Hell not no. Five. Wow. Not five. No way. No way. Toby Kebble maybe two million dollars. You're telling me like what? hold on. You're telling me that one sixth of the, the, the movie's budget was just to her? Nah, man. Nah. Something that bothers me. The name of the movie is The Hurricane Heist. The Hurricane Heist, right. Which makes it sound a lot like Hurricane Heist is a cool sound. The yeah. Hurricane Heist, it sounds like some uh, like a kid wrote it, you know, as part of like their like a creative writing class in high school or middle school. The Hurricane Heist. 
1995, Stallone was involved to star in another similar film called No Safe Haven, in which he played a Marine who has to fight against militia-like cults who take over Martha's Vineyard and take the president's family as hostages during a large hurricane. And the only hope he has is the president who managed to escape from cult members while they were taking over the island. But it was canceled very early in production. He made Judge Dredd instead. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) In the trailer, viewers are told that the heist is planned during the monstrous hurricane that is pushing 600 miles an hour. Uh, The highest sustained wind speed ever recorded in a hurricane on Earth is 190 miles per hour. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Any other fun facts we have for her? Um, no, we just have a Tony Medley review. Not of this oh. movie, though, sadly. Ah. Uh, uh, but I can, I can read one for Black Klansman, if you'd like, which also came out in 2018. Uh, let me guess. He didn't like it. Uh, that's, a, that's a good guess. He gives it a 3 out of 10. Of course. <laughs> Last week, I wrote that the movie, The Spy Who Dumped Me, could have been a good movie if they had made it as a thriller and forgotten the comedy. Similarly, this effort by this this effort by director Spike Lee could have been a good comedy because if this is true and is based on former Colorado Springs detective Ron Stallworth's book of the same name, the Keystone Cops were alive and well in the Colorado Springs Police Department. Stallworth, uh, played by John David Washington, is the first black detective in Colorado Springs Police Depart- Department in 1978. For some reason, and on his own, he responds to the advertisement for people to become members of the KKK and gets a call back. Not being the brightest bulb in the universe, Stallworth gives his real name and establishes communication with the local clan leader, uh, Walter Breachway. He then suggests to the Colorado Springs police chief uh, that he go undercover without setting forth a reason and without, getting, or without explaining a goal. Bridges... Uh, who's the police chief, for equally opaque reasons, reluctantly goes along with the idea. However, since he cannot be the undercover detective who has to personally interface with the local clan because he's black, he suggests Adam Driver, who is Jewish, impersonates him in face-to-face movies. Yeah, that's a great idea. Have a local cop who could easily be recognized by someone in a group of lawless people who have probably already had problems with law enforcement and who hate Jews as much as they hate blacks, and a Jewish one, no less, try to impersonate a lawless bigot. But that's what the geniuses did. Uh, with plot holes galore, it goes from the ridiculous to the sublime. Stallworth continues to communicate by telephone uh, with both Walter and eventually David Duke, who is the Grand Wizard of the KKK, while Flip, uh, who is uh, Adam Driver's character, makes all personal appearances with the hateful white supremacists who make up the local KKK. This is akin to the Keystone Cops taking on the Three Stooges and could have made a more effective screwball comedy. Unfortunately, Lee is polemist and wanted to tell the story as a serious drama and paint Stallworth as a hero, even though Lee himself admits that the story reminded him of Dave Chappelle's skit in which Dave Chappelle plays a blind man who joins the KKK without realizing that he isn't white. Eschewing cast aspersions at uh, Stallworth's lame undercover efforts, Lee's main comedic points are the conversation between Duke and Stallworth in which Ron makes Duke look like a fool. Not a difficult task because Duke thinks he's talking with a white bigot. Uh, I don't know if the film's end is accurate. I don't have, I don't want to have to read Star Wars book to find out, but I doubt it's veracity because it has such a Hollywood ending that it seems contrived. Without the ending of the movie and what Stallworth and Zimmerman uh, went through are meaningless because they accomplished exactly nothing except to survive. It's certainly not beyond Lee to make up the finale to lead credence and value to his film. The production notes are silent about the veracity of the ending. Naturally, being a left-wing activist, Lee has to bring Donald Trump and what happened in Charlottesville at the end of the movie, manipulating the context. In fact, relating to that part of the movie, the production notes <laughs> Lee issued to critics state, audience surely will be entertained by Star Wars and inspirational life story, but the film also might just encourage some viewers to undertake the good fight. What, Lee wants viewers to be as foolish, bungling, and irrational as these Colorado Springs policemen were? What do you think uh, the context is that he manipulated in Charlottesville? <laughs> and both both sides played hard. Both sides, both <laughs> sides played hard. <laughs> you think Tony voted for Trump? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> never meet your heroes. <laughs> heroes. All right, guys. Phobe or file? Amin, we'll start with you. A very, very sleepy phobe. Wow. Uh, I mean, just, it just, it was like, it was boring. It's a weird way, but I was like, an action packed movie like that. 
was boring. I mean, like, I thought Hot Rod was boring. But even Hot Rod had more of a kind of, I, I just, I, it made me, I don't know. I wish they explained a lot more stuff. Mean thought about complimenting Hot Rod there and then decided not to. <laughs> right, yeah, you, you, you thought so. So you're going a sleepy phobe. I'm going file. I'm going file because I would absolutely watch this again. There are a couple action scenes I love. The hubcap death, I will always turn that on. If I know that's about to come on, uh, I'll turn that on. The accents are hilarious. Um, the final chase scene, uh, I'm in on. The sexy hackers, like, I'm in on I, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm a file on this one. Maze, you're the tiebreaker. All right. Well, it was pretty boring most of the time, and then I was intrigued by the the storm face that was never explained (laughs) (laughs) and then right at the end i thought i was pretty into the last like chase scene for what it was and then the abrupt ending just ruined it for me so it's a foe wow oh (laughs) the the maze revenge tour continues oh my god see if i ever like another fucking movie you pick maze let's see what happens I like, I like literally like 12 episodes into this podcast. It's, it's ruined. It's ruined. We're, now we're just being dicks to each other. We're not even evaluating the movies, I mean. We're just like, going against what the person picked. It's like this week we review the movie uh, uh, The Godfather. Yeah, I just thought it was too long. I just thought it was way too long. Too many Italians. I didn't like the subtitles. I don't think that's how the mob operates. <laughs> I didn't find it to be realistic. I can't this, believe this. This is great. I don't think we're gonna last. I really don't. <laughs> Every once in a while, a, a, a swordfish will come along to unite us. Oh God! All right, someone better picture Volta next week. Thanks for subscribing. As you know, this is now on the mailbag feed. It's free. Send it out to all your friends. Let them know that they can listen to this. Uh, check out Patreon.com/slash Cat the Dings. We got we got new stuff going up there. Um, we get new stuff to also, replace this coming off. Yes. Really quick, uh, for those of you that were at the live show in San Francisco, uh, you guys got to see uh, a very special on-stage live version of Cinephobe. We did a scene from, uh, we did a couple of scenes actually from Swordfish. I don't know when the next live show is going to be. It's probably going to be after the new year, but don't miss out. If, especially if you love Cinephobe. It's really fun. We play clips from movies and then we just roast them right there in front of you guys. So, Thank you for coming out to the live show in San Francisco. The next one that comes up, don't be on outside looking and make sure you, you grab your tickets for that. Yep. Follow me on Twitter at TalkHoops. Follow me at Darth Amin. Follow Anthony Mays at Corn Puzzle. Follow Count the Dings. And uh, again, tell your friends. And uh, I can't wait to shit on the next Mays pick. Yeah. <laughs>